Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. I'm grateful for Tony being willing to share his story with our church. Um, We got the privilege of baptizing him um, two weeks ago um, as we celebrated our one-year anniversary. And I've got the privilege of getting to know him and his wife and their daughter over the last six, seven months that they've been a part of our church. Not only have they been a part of our church, but they've been a part of the the Tekoa group that my wife and I hosted um, in our in our home as well, and it's been a, great to g- be a part of their story um, and just get to do life together. And I want to encourage you, before we jump into the message, um, I was going to go that direction, and I'll share more in a minute, but I'm going to go a little bit different with our topic. But I want to encourage you, we start our Tacoa groups today, some of them, um, or, and throughout this week. Um, and so I want to invite you to go a little bit deeper with your faith, go a little bit deeper in community. This is probably the single greatest thing you can do for your faith to go deeper and build a community with other people, continue to explore um, what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so those groups are online. You can, even right now, you won't offend me. This is, like I said, one of the most important things you can do. Um, You can catch up to the sermon. If you need to look for a group right now on your phone, go for it. Um, They meet um, all throughout the week. And so I want to invite you to be a part of one of those groups. If you looked right early on, too, we added a couple, changed a couple dates. Um, so, so reinvestigate those. Jump into one of our groups. Um, we say here to jump into our groups, join our gatherings, and be a part of building the house together. These are the three things, if you want to call Tekoa your home, that we encourage you to do to make this your place and this your people. You know, and, and Tony talked about how he started to build and he's begun to more build his life on the teachings of Jesus. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at some of the teachings of Jesus. And I want to let you know as we get started, if you are here looking for God, I want to let you know that he is already here in this place. Um, and he knows your name, and we are so glad that you're here. He is glad that you're here to be a part of what God is doing. Tekoa Church is here to connect people to God so that they can find and live out their purpose. And the good news I have for you today as we jump into week two of our Welcome Home series is that this house is open to you. This church is open to you. We're glad you're here. God is glad you are here. His church is open to all of us. So to get started with my message today, I want to let you know that, you know, sometimes I have a great plan for what I want to do for our church, and I feel like God, you know, has led me in that plan. Um, Even last week, I told you that I was going to talk more about 2 Chronicles 20, about where Tekoa gets its name from. It is my favorite passage, pretty much, of Scripture. Um, It's why we named the church Tekoa, and I could preach for weeks on that. Um, chapter. And as usually happens when I say I'm going to do this next week, God has another plan. And I fought him all week. Monday, I still trying to write it. I couldn't write it. Tuesday, trying to write Second Chronicles 20. Couldn't write it. Wednesday, trying to write it. Couldn't write it. Thursday morning, I finally said, okay, God, I get what you're trying to do. I need to, there are people here that need something different this morning. And I feel like he's got a, a word specific for some people in this room today and this church today. Some people, I think this word is going to be really challenging for you. But it's also going to be super life-giving. 
this passage that we're going to look at. We're going to look at John 15. And I still, I knew it was going to be John 15, and I still tried to fit in. Like, how can I fit in? It still goes along with the same theme. How can I fit in 2 Chronicles 20? Finally, I was like, okay, God, I get it. You want to speak something. But he's got a word today, and this word, I think, is going to bring a lot of life to you. Because my message is titled, "Do these, uh, Your Joy Will Be Full. Your Joy Will Be Full. This is what Jesus has for us. When we apply the word that he has for us, what he says will happen is his joy will be full and our joy will be full. And that is the good news I have for you today. If you want more joy in your life, Jesus has it for you this morning. And I believe as you commit, commit to, to this and what he has for us, you're going to have more joy in your life as well. You know, um, we're going to look at John chapter 15, and I'm going to read through John chapter 15 here this morning as we jump into this. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's the good news of where we're going today, that his joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Before we get there, though... Um, I want to explain to you um, how we get there, why we get there, what it looks like. So the first part of this, what is God calling for us to do? If you didn't pick it up through there and my highlights, it's to abide in God and stay connected to the vine. Abide to God, in God's love, stay connected to the vine. This is the word that he has for us today. This is what we're called to do. And I, this is so important for us of how we are supposed to relate to him. You know, this passage is really famous. If you spent very much time in the church, you've probably heard a sermon on it. You might have been on a Bible study on it. Um, but it's important for a reason. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's fall. And so I've been thinking about something that happens with fall. You know, I don't know who my pumpkin lovers are in the, the auditorium today. I know we've got a few um, because my wife is one of them, Pastor Lauren is one of them, you know, as soon as September hits, it's like, can I, can I get the pumpkin things in my life? Is it too early yet to get them in my life? But it's pumpkin season, right? And pumpkins, if you didn't know this, grow on a vine. Pumpkins grow on one vine that feeds them. Their nutrients, their water, the life, everything that they need comes from that vine. And I looked it up this week, the largest pumpkin ever recorded happened two years ago in Italy. Second to that, very close in California two years ago, 2021. Maybe that was last year. So last year, 
was the largest pumpkin ever recorded. California had one close. Over 2,000 pounds was this pumpkin. Over a ton was this pumpkin. Basically, a small Toyota was the size and weight of this pumpkin. But the crazy thing is that pumpkin gets fed by one vine. That's all it needs to grow to that immense size. And this is what God wants for us. He says, be connected to the vine, abide in the vine, and you will grow. You'll have more than you need. So let's look this morning. Um, I want to walk through some of this passage. I am the true vine, Jesus said. My father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the, the vine. The father is the vine dresser. He takes care of the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the father takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. He cuts it off, right? He says, you know, I don't know if any of you are gardeners, but you got to cut off the dead branches so that the tree or the vine, the plant, whether it's grapes or pumpkin, whatever it is, doesn't keep sending food and nutrients and supporting something that is dead and and dying. And so he, he takes it and he throws it in the pile, it says later on. The good news is that that's not the end of the story if you even get thrown into that pile. If you ever feel like, you know what, I feel like I'm dead. I feel like my life isn't going the way I wanted it to. We serve a God, and Jesus is a God who takes dead things and brings them back to life. And so even if you're there in that spot, it says eventually they get thrown in the fire. Then eventually we have to make a choice, and eternity is going to either be with God or apart from God, and we have to choose which that's going to be. But there's always the opportunity in this life to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to be grafted back into the vine. So what it means to be um, cut into and re a part of a plant. Jesus will always bring you back in to his house and to his vine. He is willing to do that for you. And those of us that are in and a part of the vine, what does it say that the Father prunes the branches that are not bearing fruit that it might bear more fruit? Right? There's a pruning process you know, it gets cut so that the, the plant can be more healthy and bear more fruit. So the fruit on there, that giant pumpkin, had, that vine had to go through a pruning process so that pumpkin could grow to the size that it was going to grow. But who knows, the pruning process can be painful. The pruning process can be difficult. It's not fun to go through that process. And I think sometimes too many of us, we, we, that's where we get stuck. We either avoid that process as much as we can and right, you know, we're like, we're connected to Jesus over here. Like, I like him. I got him. But I got a little over here of some, some foundation and my foot's over here. And like, if this doesn't work for like how I want it to, like I, I got some extra support over, over here. And God starts to prune some of those things in our life away that aren't meant to be there. And it can be a challenging process. I think even sometimes we go through the pruning process and we said, you know what, this was so painful like, I'm going to go back over here and away from God. And we give up after we've gone through most or all of the pruning process because it was challenging. And God says, but just hold on to the vine and I have good things in store for you. Remember what I, I said is coming, right? The joy is coming for those of us that stay connected to him, to the source, to Jesus. He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. We need to abide. What does abide mean? It means to live, to remain, to stay connected to. To, to be fully 100%, that's what abide means. This doesn't mean like 
be connected to. Abide means I'm fully in, connected to Jesus and what he has for me. That's what we're called to do. We're called to abide in him. This is what we're called to do. We abide by not doing things on our own, but living a life for him, living a life for God and what he has for us. Some of us, I think this morning God is saying, are you fully abiding in me or what, what in your life does God need to maybe prune away for you? Because he has good things as we look to him and we rest in him and abide in him. So that's what we're called to do. We're called to abide in him. But maybe you're wondering, okay, how do I do that more so? And it says right in here as we keep going. My second point this morning is that we're, how we do that is keep his commandments, it says. And it says, love one another as he first loved us. This is how we abide in his love, by keeping his commandments and loving one another as he first loved us. Verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay, we keep his commandments. I mean, some of you might know there's like over... 600 of them in the Old Testament. There's a lot of commandments. But what does it, like, boil it down, what does it really mean? It says in verse 12, this is my commandment. Okay. That you love one another as I have loved you. This is what we're called to do. Love as Jesus first loved us, is how John will say it in his letter to the church. It goes on in verse 13. These are the words of Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another." This is why Tekoa is here. This is why I'm a pastor. It's why a lot of you are here, right? We're here as a church. Our team, maybe you just came today for the first time, but our team is here to connect people to God so that they can find and live out our, their purpose. That's our mission. Our, we're here to connect people to God to, so that they can bear fruit as well. We are supposed to connect other people to the vine so that they can bear fruit. We're to bear fruit. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. This is the fruit of God. But part of it as well is that we're supposed to be helping other people bear fruit. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to ask you this morning, what does the fruit around you look like? Do you have fruit that you can point to to say, yes, God is doing something in their life because of, through me, because I've got to be a part of it? What does the fruit around you in your life look like? What does the fruit in your own life look like? Does it smell good or does it smell a, a little rotten and it needs a little bit of pruning from God in your life? What does the fruit of your life look like? The good news is God doesn't make us figure it out on our own. He doesn't make us do it on our own. He says, just get connected to me and I want to give you life. I want to help you bear healthy fruit. But Tekoa is here, God is here, to love as Jesus loved. I want to challenge some of you into this a little bit more this morning. 
Because how did Jesus love? We sinned against God. We sinned against Jesus. We've done things against him. He created us, and then we still rebelled against him. Jesus came and laid down his life for us. It's hard to love those that are close to us sometimes. Maybe our spouse, maybe our kids. Nobody look slightly at the person that they came to church with this morning. You know, but sometimes it's hard to love that person. Some of you just did that. Um, but it's hard sometimes to love those people, but it's sometimes it's easy to love those people. But we all know that there's people in our lives that are really hard to love, to care for. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a boss, maybe it's somebody at school, maybe, it's, maybe it is a family member. What it shows, right, those that think differently than us, that are in a different political party than us, that have a different theology or ideology than us. How do we respond to those people? Romans 5 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In another place, Jesus calls us to pray for our enemies. I don't have that verse up here for you, but he calls us to pray for our enemies. Not just those we love, but to pray for enemies. Not to pray vengeance on them and that God's judgment would come on them. Not that kind of prayer. Like that, we all can do that. Jesus says, no, what I want you to pray for is for their goodness, for the blessing of God in their life. And when I was in college, I was in a situation where this is what I had to wrestle through. I had a friend that was close to me, and the relationship got broken, and I was really wounded and hurt, and I, we became enemies. And it was hard because we had mutual friends, and so we still saw each other sometimes. But I, I, I was so upset at this person. And it was Friday night, and I was out with my friends, and we were having a good time, and all of a sudden, God grabs a hold of me and says, pray for that friend that used to be a friend that is now an enemy. And I said, I don't want to pray for them. They're like the last person I want to pray for. And he says, but I said, even pray for your enemies. And finally, I, I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to enjoy this night until I do this. I went to the back of the room for a second, and I prayed for this person, and then I went and had a good time. And for the next three weeks, God kept bringing them up in my heart. And I kept having to be like, I want to pray justice and judgment over you, but I'm going to pray that you would experience God's grace in your life. And what happened was my heart changed. I began to love like Jesus loved when they didn't deserve it and I didn't deserve it, he loved. And what began to happen is I began to see them as God saw them, as his son or daughter. And I began to see them as created in the image of God, as it says in Genesis, we were all created in his image. And I said, if this person is in God's image, then I'm going to love them. And my heart changed and I no longer had bitterness and resentment and hurt towards them. I had God's love for them in my life. And then a couple years later, when I was in seminary studying to be a pastor, another situation with somebody came up. And I don't remember the person, I don't remember the situation, but I remember very clearly the exit, the entrance ramp to the freeway I was on when the Holy Spirit said the exact same thing to me. I said, pray for your enemies and love them. Don't take justice and vengeance on them. I said, okay, God, I kind of learned this lesson once. Let me start praying for them. I don't want to still, but let me pray for them. 
And I started praying for them, and then my heart changed. And I said, okay, God, I love them as you love them, as your son and daughter and created in your image. And something happened in me that I no longer get quite so angry. I no longer get quite so frustrated with people. I no longer hold it against them quite so much because as I began to trust God in this area of my life, I began to have my heart changed. And I began to love them as God loved them and I love people as God loves them. And sometimes I still get really frustrated at people. Sometimes I get angry at them. But what's happened is I don't see, my default reaction is not to see them through Austin's eyes. My default reaction is to start to see people through God's eyes. And his eyes are very different than mine. And he will respond with love. And I will say, you know what? If Jesus loved me, I'm going to love. If he could love a broken sinner like myself that he created and give his life for them, the least I can do is pray for this person and love this person and respond to them. And God has changed something in me. I'm going to get to this. I'm not quite there yet, but I have a lot more joy in my life as a result because I don't hold on to that anger as much anymore. I don't hold on to that thing in my heart that isn't of God. And what God began to do is instead of having a heart of anger and bitterness, I have a heart of love and joy. Colossians says, therefore you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, we will abound in thanksgiving as we trust him. We will be rooted in Jesus, we'll be connected to the vine that is Jesus, as our Savior, as our Lord, that we say, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to do what you say, I'm going to do how you call me to lead. And as we are, abide in him and abide in the vine, the one that directs our path, that shares, shows us and guides us how to live, we follow his commands. And it says, even in this verse, thanksgiving will happen in your life. In our verse in John 15, it says joy will happen in your life. This is my third point this morning, that you will have joy in your life when you live as Jesus let, directed you to lead. You will have joy in your life when you abide in him as we're called to. This is what God has for us. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is what we're called to do. So, you might have to hit off air, on air on the computer. Thank you for the slides person that receives no glory and only criticism because you don't notice them unless it doesn't go well. We're grateful for them this morning, right? What they do for us. I made it really hard because I said, I have practically no notes for you this morning. I'm all over the place. Like, just follow along the best you can. I wrote this at the end of the week. And here's where we're at, though. Right? What he says, God says, is what I have for you is joy in your life. And this is the word that I feel like God has for our church this morning that I've been wrestling with all week and fighting against. Even yesterday I was doing my, before my run through, I, I told Allie, my wife, I said, can you pray for me? I just feel the pressure right now. I feel really anxious, not anxious about my sermon, not anxious about anything in my life, but I feel like there are some people in our church that are here this morning that are going to hear this message that have a lot of anxiety or a lot of fear in their life. And, they, and this is what they're carrying, and I, this is how I'm feeling right now. And she said, yeah, I think this is why you feel that way, not because of anything you're going through. And I think there's some of you here this morning that have this, that you're carrying this, 
And the good news is what God wants for you, yes, the pruning process can sometimes be difficult. Yes, you might need to give up some things. But what God wants for you is more joy in your life. And this is hard for a lot of us to comprehend. See, that Christianity is about God giving us joy. See, it's not about us appeasing God. It's not about us just loving God for His sake. See, every other religion practically in the world is about us doing something for the gods to appease them, to make them happy because they're the gods. They, you know, are all-powerful. It makes sense to us as people. Of course, somebody in power over us would want us to do for them. That makes sense to us. Christianity makes no sense. This passage makes no sense. The song we just sang about, even. Like, I'm not going to demand everything, anything from you, God. It's true. But what does he say here? The God who created us that we rebelled against and sinned said, you know what, I love you so much, I'm going to send Jesus for you to live a purple life, to die for you. And then, on top of that, when we sometimes turn our back on him and we continue to rebel against him, even though we said you're going to be Lord of my life, what does he say? Not, okay, I've done this, I've given you salvation, like, now do all these things for me. What God says is not that I want you to give me joy, I want to give you joy. And some of you need to hear this, God wants good for you. He wants more joy for you. The God who's already given to you, he doesn't want more from you. He wants to give more to you this morning. He wants more for you this morning. He says, I want to give you joy, but some of you are just fighting against it. Some of you say, that doesn't make sense, so I'm going to not like accept it over here. And God says, just accept the good joy that I have for you. Accept the good things that I have for you in this life. I know it doesn't make any sense, but this is my heart. This is who I am. This is who God is. He says, I want to give more to you. I know I am God, and I'm all-powerful, and I'm your creator, and I could demand from you, but I, what I want is for you. This is what he has for us. No matter what we've done, no matter if we've hurt him or we've hurt others, he says, you're always welcome back in my house. You're always welcome to be connected back to me and what I want for you. I know it doesn't make sense, but I want to give more to you. My story of faith, my story of how I came here as a pastor, God actually laid out what was going to happen if I followed him into this ministry path, and he said, your life is going to be really challenging. I said, okay, I get that, right? This is a lot of us. We've heard some of us, maybe that passage of pick up your cross and follow me, that makes sense. Life is going to be difficult as we follow God, like he's God, it's okay, it's difficult, he's still done a lot for us. But what I realized simultaneous to that was the joy that I would also get to have, the good things in life that I got to have. Paul, who we hold as a hero in the church, who was a hero in the church, he went through shipwreck, he went through betrayal from his friends, he went through getting stoned multiple times, sent out of cities. He went through so much hardship in his life, and so many times he even could have said, God, this pruning process sucks. I'm like, I'm over this. Like, I've given my life to you. I feel like I can check that box with the huge check mark. Maybe I'm just going to go live over here. But what Paul said was, I'm not going to turn away. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stay connected to the vine and the purpose you have for me, God. Because what Paul also said in his letters, he overflowed with joy. He overflowed with the goodness in his life. See, in joy is 
related to gladness and happiness. This is what joy means. This is what God promises, right? Gladness, happiness. But it's more of a state of being than just a simple emotion where we're swayed by the winds of what happens throughout our day or our week or our month. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Of the spirit. Having joy is part of the experience of being a Christian. And in the Old Testament mindset, joy was often associated closely with having victory over your enemies. We get that. We won the battle. Like, I feel good now. Like, that makes sense to us. Right? David, after feeding Goliath, was joyful. God wants more for us, though. We don't live just then. We live in sight of what Jesus has done. He defeated the enemy of death and lies in our life. The war that we fight has already been won. Jesus paid that price on the cross. The end is already established. Our salvation is in him. So we don't need victory over our earthly enemies. We can pray for their salvation. We can love them no matter what they do to us because he first loved us and we know where things are going to end up. We know what the end of the story is. Because the greatest thing we can hope for is their salvation because we received salvation and it was the greatest gift we've ever received. We didn't deserve it, just like they don't deserve it. Maybe we deserved it a little bit more than they do, but none of us deserved it. And it's not a comparison. It doesn't matter. God wants their salvation. It says he wants all people to come to salvation in him. And the crazy thing is that the joy that God wants to give doesn't come from victory over our enemies. It comes from victory for our enemies. That God wants to give us joy not because we deserve it or because we are victorious, but because God loves us. He wants to give you more joy in your life. But church, you need to take it and you need to accept it. You can't just turn away from it and say, that doesn't make sense, God. Why would you want to do that? I don't deserve it. Some of you need to hear that you deserve it. You are created in God's image. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, it says that you are a son or daughter of the king of the universe. You need to hear that God has called you his son or his daughter, makes you a prince or a princess in his kingdom, and he wants good things for you. He wants to give you joy. Humble yourself and accept it even though you don't deserve it. Some of us, it's hard to accept something we don't deserve. And the truth is, you don't deserve that joy. You don't deserve it. But God wants to give it to you anyways because that's who he is. He is a giving God. And in verse 7, the word I spoke to our church last week for this year was about asking. What does he say in verse 7? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Band, you can come back up here so... I know that there's a time limit and I will end. Abide in me and ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is the word that God says. When we're abiding in Jesus, we and the things we ask for are related to the things he would have. So of course he's going to do them. Ask whatever you need, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is what God has for us. He wants to give good things to us. We just need to ask him for it. We need to look to him for it, and he will give it to us. We are here, church, to connect people to God so that they can find and live out their purpose. 
Our mission as a church is to connect people to the vine, to God. Because we know that what the gospel is, is good news for the salvation of people that were maybe thrown into the pile of sticks, but they haven't made it into the fire yet. And God says, I want to have life restored for you. He wants to bring them and connect them back to the vine. Church, this is what we're called to do, to experience the joy as we share that with others. This is why even, you know, I encourage you at the beginning of my message, join one of our groups that we don't do live alone, that together we are stronger as we live and bear fruit and help one another bear fruit. This is one of the important things we do as a church together. And as I finish this morning, what I want to ask you is who do you need to love like Jesus loved? And maybe you have somebody that immediately comes to mind and you don't want to love them. That's, that's the person. Sorry to say, that's who Jesus is saying right now for you. Maybe you don't have that person. And that's great too. Who is God calling you to love more in your life? Who can you serve a little bit? Who can you love as Jesus loved and cared for as Jesus cared for them? How do you love them more? How do you love God more? For some of you, I want to ask you as you apply this this week, how do you remain in the vine more? How do you remain in Jesus? What are the things you need to do to just get reconnected and say, I'm all in here. The vine is more than enough for the pumpkin or the grape. Like this is all I need. I don't need the other things of the world that are distracting me. But I'm just going to remain in Jesus because I know that there's more than all, more than I need right here in him. What are the things maybe that you need to let God prune in your life? And say, it's okay, God, I know it's going to hurt, but go ahead, you can take those out. Take them away. Because I know that I'm going to be stronger as a result. I know that I'm going to have more life, more goodness. I'm going to be more as a result. And you're going to get more joy in your result, in your life as a result, but invite him to prune those things he needs to prune. Because what God has for you is joy for you in your life as you respond and say, yes, God, I'm going to trust you. This is the truth. We sang about it last week. There is joy in the house of God. There is joy in being connected to the true vine. Are you connected to him? And are you only connected to him? If you have never put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a minute to be connected to the vine. If you are a follower of Jesus, how connected are you? And are you connected anywhere else that needs to get pruned? This is a time to get connected to him. I want to ask you, what would your life look like if you were fully connected to God? Would it look different? Would the fruit in your life look different? I think it would look better. I know for me it has. It's been a journey. I'm still on the journey. I'm not perfect. Even though I'm a pastor, that doesn't make me perfect. But as God, as I trust him more, as I learn to love more and more like him, man, it, I don't ever want to go back to how I used to be and how I used to live. Because the joy, the good things, the life that I have right now is so much better than what I experienced over there when I was younger. And God wants to do that for you as well. So what would your life look like? Let him give you a picture of that, inspire you. Say, okay, God, I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to remain in you because I want more of you. And I know that it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust that you want good things for me. You have more for me as I get connected to you. I'm going to invite you. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me? I want to pray for you. 
God, there are some people here that just came in with the, the world on their shoulders. Maybe the world just eating away at their stomach or their mind and the cares of this world. And you just want to tell them this morning, I want to give you joy. I want to take it from you and say I'm with you. If that's you, I just want to invite you. Just, just you can tell God, okay, God, I want more of you. I want to be connected back to you in the vine, Jesus. I want to give this up to you. Say, God, I accept. I accept the joy that you have for me. Even though it doesn't make sense that you would give me more, God, I accept the joy that you have for me this morning. If you are here and you have never been connected to the vine, to Jesus, he's saying, I want you in my house, a part of my my church. I want you in heaven with me. I want to be connected to you. Doesn't make sense, I know, but I gave my life for you. That's what Jesus is saying. I gave my life for you because I care about you that much. That's who I am as a God. I care about you that much. If you want to put your faith in him, he says, just believe that I died and rose again and choose to follow me. And so if that's you, just tell him right now in your heart, in your mind, just say, Jesus, I believe in you and I choose to follow you. God, I pray for our church. I pray that we would love like you, Jesus. Even when it doesn't make sense, even if it's our enemy or if it's a friend, God, that we would love with the kind of love that you first showed us. And then, God, I pray. I pray that this church would be known for joy. I pray that we would just experience an abundance and overflowing of joy in our lives as we turn to you and we live how you called us to live. May we be a people that is so full of joy that the world might look in even at us and say, I don't know what it is, but that joy that they have, man, I wish I had more of that in my life. Because God, that's who you are. You want more for us, not just more from us. I pray that we would accept that and receive it, that we would walk out of here today with shoulders high, heads high, knowing that we are created in your image, God, that we are a son or a daughter of you, and as a result of it, that we deserve the joy that you want to give to us, not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. May we accept that joy right now. Amen. Would you guys stand with us? We're going to continue our time together with some more worship and I want to invite you. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against it and that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. This is what it means to remain in the vine. It means we build our foundation on him who has given to us. Tekoa, the storm came and the people weren't broken. The house wasn't broken. But it wasn't keep your hand over here and your foot over here and keep some building materials and build how you want to build but, and then stay connected. It was just be connected to the vine and your house is built on that solid foundation. You don't need to worry about what comes with the storm. So would you sing, would you worship with us? Let this song become your prayer. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. 
We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.